What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Hey everybody, I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. And you're watching Tesla Time News. Episode 270 on Now You Know. Tesla Time News is brought to you as always by our amazing Patreon patrons. You can become a Patreon patron. Head over to patreon.com slash now you know. We've got some great perks. Uh, we're going to be reading a book on our book club and talking about it. So that's one of the perks that you can go check out. Today's show is sponsored by Extra. What's Extra again? Extra is the first debit card that lets you build your credit and earn reward points just like a credit card. So... So there are over 100 million Americans who don't want or can't get a credit card. So? So how do they establish a credit rating? Oh, right. I mean, that was me like when I turned 18. You insisted that I build credit by getting a credit card, mm -hmm. but it was really hard to find one. Yeah, it's like a chicken and the egg problem. You don't have credit, so how do banks trust you with a credit card? Right, and I remember my first card that I finally got after days of research, the spending limit was like $250, but I was still afraid to use it on anything. I was just like, I'll just buy gas with it. Yeah, if extra had existed back then, it would have been so much easier for you. Building a good credit score is so vital, and extra helps you do this without going into debt. Okay, so how does that work? Okay, so users connect Extra to their existing bank account with no credit check. When you swipe your Extra card, Extra pays for the purchase and then auto pays themselves back from your bank account the next business day. Oh, I wish I could get my credit cards to pay themselves <laughs> off the next day. Right? At the end of the month, all your payments are tallied and Extra reports them to credit bureaus. Wait, so you can build a credit score without paying any interest? Right, and with Extra, you earn up to 1% redeemable reward points for every purchase you make. So sign up with Extra using the link below. And start building your credit today with a debit card. Yes, a debit card. And we're brought to you by BigBattery.com. No matter what you need to power, Big Battery can provide you with the latest battery tech at the best price per kilowatt hour, guaranteed. Their batteries are easily installed, require zero maintenance, and they're made right here in the U.S. Pick up yours today at BigBattery.com and use the code NOWYOUKNOW for 5% off at checkout. Okay, so the big story this week is that on Saturday, Elon tweeted out, much is made lately of unrealized gains being a means of tax avoidance. So I propose selling 10% of my Tesla stock. Do you support? this. Wait, so he put out like a poll? So with five hours left, the numbers look like this. And yes, I voted for Elon to hold his Tesla stock, but we did not win that poll. And as you can see here, people voted for Elon to sell 10% of his stock. He went on to say, I will abide by the results of this poll, whichever way it goes. Note, I do not take a cash salary or bonus from anywhere. I only have stock. Thus, the only way for me to pay taxes personally is to sell stock. Oh my gosh. I mean, okay, wait, if he sells 10% of his stock... I mean, doesn't that mean that Tesla's going to go down by like 10%? What about my investment? What uh, about my stock? Well, hang on, hang on. Hang on. What? What? Well, let's do a little math. So if Elon owns 20% of Tesla, which he does, and he's going to sell 10% of that, 
That's about $24 billion worth of Tesla stock. I know it sounds like a lot, but hang on. That's just 2% of the company or about 20 million shares. And that's what the average daily volume of shares traded is for Tesla. So it is a lot, but he's not going to dump it in one day, first of all. And that's not a big deal because Tesla is such a heavily traded company. Wait, so you're saying that the average daily volume, which is like how many shares the stock gets traded every day, mm -hmm. that is what he's going to be selling. Right. Again, he won't be doing it in one day, I'm pretty sure. So it's not like you're going to be watching it and go, dunk, you know, and like clonk down 10 points. Right. Now, the market is acting as we speak, you know, in confusion. I mean, for instance, Homar's catalog tweeted out, says the moron who thought Tesla stock would lose most of its value. And this is referring to Professor Scott Galloway, who said using Twitter results as cloud cover to monetize Tesla at prices he knows aren't sustainable without outright telling the market he's lost faith in its valuation. And Elon replied, doing the opposite of whatever that insufferable numbskull says would be a great way to invest. And Homar's catalog went on to say, someone already started it, the reverse Galloway index. And so, yeah, you can go to this website here and see that basically pretty much everything Professor Galloway says is going to lose wins and everything he says is going to win loses. Uh, so probably not the best way to invest. In fact, you probably should invest in the reverse Galloway index. But of course, we're not financial advisors, but Mr. Galloway is. Look, everyone's freaking out about this, but I think Holmar's catalog summed it up pretty well. He said, welcome to investing in Tesla. The CEO tweets crazy sh without any notice. If that's not for you, then get out tomorrow. But he's tweeted a lot of crazy over the years, and it's never been the end of the world, even though it always seemed like it to many noobs. Some of you kids may not remember this, but back in my day, Elon once tweeted that Tesla had gone bankrupt as an April Fool's joke. The stonk sh the bed. And keep in mind, they actually were going bankrupt and everyone knew it. And Elon, now Lord Edge, uh, tweeted out, I had too many bottles of Tesla Kila. And we'll be talking about why he's Lord Edge later in the show. And I mean, we're not even going to cover the latest tweet that Elon had about Senator Ron Wyden. I mean, I think that's inappropriate. And I'm sure a lot of us right now are wishing that Elon would kind of put his Twitter to bed for a while because he's starting to get a little crazy. But I think the reason he's going a little crazy is we have to put ourselves in his shoes for a second. He's paying a lot of money in taxes and, well, I think we should walk through how much money in taxes. So as of December 14th, 2020, Elon owned 193.3 million shares of Tesla, or about 20.7% of Tesla. And then Elon got his first big stock award, which was from his 2012 um, stock incentive plan of 22.8 million shares. Now, this is at a strike price of $6 a share. Now, that award was given because he met certain goals that they had set up ahead of time. Uh, he made Tesla a very valuable company. He was able to do a certain number of things, and therefore he got that incentive. In fact, one of the most valuable companies on the planet, but go on. Exactly. So therefore, he wins this pre-agreed upon stock option. Because keep in mind, he doesn't collect a yearly salary. So the way that stock options work is that there's a strike price, which is what you pay for the stock if you have the option. Um, and then there is the price of the stock when you buy it. And you have to pay the tax on the difference of that because right. the government views that as a gain, right. even though it is technically an unrealized gain. It's a gain nonetheless. So you're going to be paying taxes on it. And this is a common thing for lots of people in startup companies where they're awarded stock options and then things go well and you're like, whoa, I owe a big tax bill. So his options expire in August of next year. But in order to exercise them, Elon's going to have to pay income tax on that gain. So these options are taxed as an employee benefit or compensation. So they will be taxed at the top ordinary income levels uh, of the United States. So that's 37% plus the 3.8% net investment tax. He will also have to pay 13.3% 
to California, which right. is their tops tax rate. Yeah, because he was basically a California resident during most of this time. Right. So that would mean that the combined state and federal tax rate would be 54.1%. So if you think about it, he's going to be getting 22.8 million shares, each worth, you know, like $1,200 a share. And he's going to have to pay over 50% on that gain. Right. So he's going to have to pay about $15 billion in tax just for that stock award he got. So then the question is, how do you pay those taxes? Yeah, this is a very complicated calculus problem because basically he has to sell some stock now to pay the taxes. But as he sells each share of stock, he'll have to pay a capital gains tax on each share. So he's going to have to sell about I don't know, $20 billion, $25 billion worth of, of stock just to pay the capital gains on that stock and to pay his award. Okay, so I am having trouble picturing this because this is A, a lot of money, and B, there's a lot of taxes being taken. I, I think tax. I can simplify this okay. for you. Okay, so what you're seeing here is a big pile of money. This represents all of Elon's shares of Tesla. Okay, so this is not money that he has. No, it's just shares of Tesla. All right, now you're seeing a pile of money, which represents what Elon is getting as his stock incentive bonus. Okay. That could go into the big pile, but oh, he's got to pay the tax we just talked about, which represents pretty much the exact same size pile. So if you look at these two little piles now, he's going to have to take one pile of money, pay the taxes with it. So he basically came out even. He got an incentive worth about $20 billion, but he's going to have to pay $20 billion in taxes. So he came out exactly where he started. Then it wasn't much of an incentive. Exactly. And that's why he's so upset. And to put this in perspective, I mean, look at NASA's budget for 2020. It was $22 billion. So effectively, Elon is paying the entire NASA budget. That's that's insane. Or, or look at the total corporate income tax for the United States in 2020 of $212 billion. That's all the corporations in America, all the tax they pay. And Elon's paying about 10% of that. That makes no sense. Or look at what the federal government spent on all of transportation in the United States in 2020. The same amount as Elon is paying in taxes. So I mean like bridges and highways and railroads and yep. all sorts of other like buses and yep. stuff. And Elon's paying all that. And I think this is why you're seeing Elon getting pretty upset right now. He's like, why do I have to pay this much money in tax when I am creating so much wealth and creating so much good and I haven't even gotten to enjoy any of this? And if you'd like to share these stories with your friends, but you don't want to share the whole show, you can head on over to our Now You Know Clips channel where we cut them up into little bite-sized clips for you. But let's... Uh, talk a little bit more about the government and money. Yeah, what they're spending it on. So according to the Associated Press, the $1.2 trillion or 2,700 page Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act that was passed last Friday night now goes to President Joe Biden to sign into law. Here's a breakdown of the bill. Roads and bridges. This bill would provide $70 billion to repair 173,000 miles of the nation's aging highways and roads and $40 billion to repair 45,000 bridges. $39 billion of this bill would go to public transit, including money for state and local governments to buy zero emissions and low emissions buses. So that's good news. The current repair backlog is more than 24,000 buses. $66 billion would go to improve the rail service in the Northeast Corridor. That's 457 miles, uh, as well as other routes. It would be the largest federal investment in passenger rail service since Amtrak was founded 50 years ago. There's $7.5 billion for electric vehicle charging stations and $5 billion for the purchase of electric school buses and hybrids. 
$65 billion would be spent on broadband access to provide internet services for rural areas, low-income families, and tribal communities. Most of the money would be made available through grants to states. And, I mean, could this be spent on Starlink? Pretty easily spent on Starlink, I think. Uh, much easier than building infrastructure across uh, rural America. Yeah. There's $65 billion to improve the reliability and resiliency of the U.S. power grid and to fund carbon capture technologies and more environmentally friendly electricity sources. There's $25 billion for airports for runway and tower repair and such. And there's $55 billion for water and wastewater, including $10 billion to address water contamination from polyfluoral alkyl substances. And what are those? Those are chemicals that were used in the production of Teflon that have also been used in firefighting, foam, water-repellent clothing, and many other items. And I think this is another reason why Elon probably gets upset. He's like, okay, so you're spending $10 billion to clean up something that if you had just tested it first, maybe you would have never allowed it to be sprayed all over the country. Mm. Now, there's a provision in this bill that actually sounds like it could be helpful for advancing clean energy, even though, of course, the government had to create a new department. It's called the Office of Clean Energy Demonstrations. So there's this problem that many people call the valley of death when companies try to solve environmental problems like, you know, decarbonizing the atmosphere. Yeah, there are grants available to start the research, like from DARPA. And if you get a project to the stage where you can prove it's ready for commercial scale deployment, there are then loan programs like the Department of Energy's loan program office. But what if you come up with a technology that works? But you can't prove yet that it will be commercially successful. Like, let's say that you invent a machine that can take carbon out of the air, but you're not sure who will pay for it and how much they'll pay to use it. That's where this new $21.5 billion Office of Clean Energy Demonstrations steps in to fund startups to get this through the valley of death. So how did this get passed, you ask? Well, unfortunately, most of the funding will go for hydrogen-based solutions, $8 billion, in fact with only $500 million for energy storage, $3.5 billion for carbon capture, and $2.5 billion for nuclear, and $5 billion for the electrical grid. Okay, so we've talked about this whole bill. Um, I've been very patient. I've been waiting for you to tell me about the EV tax credits, so please tell me the EV tax credits that are in the bill. Not in this bill. There's another bill called the Build Back Better. Remember that bill that no one can say because it's a tongue twister. Oh, okay. Uh, that's a companion bill, and that is still working its way through Congress. Basically, a bunch of Congress people said, hey, we're not we're paying not for this until we know how much it's really going to cost. So they asked the CBO, the Congressional Budget Office, to do a report. We're waiting for that report. It should come out, I think, later this week or next week. And so there'll be no vote on this until that report comes out. But that contains the uh, carbon capture tax credits and the clean energy deployment investments and the EV tax incentives. Okay, so should we be talking about like what's in that bill for the EV tax incentives? We could. I mean, there's some language that's in there now, but at the last second, lots of language gets changed as there's horse trading going on. So I would hate to tell you all about what's in it and then have to walk it back. Okay, so when it finally comes out, hopefully it passes and we get EV tax incentives, and hopefully it doesn't totally suck. This is why you got to call your representatives because you got to hold their feet to the fire. Hey, if you like all the research we're doing here on the show, please hit the like button. It really helps us out. All right, so there's proof of the rapping program at Giga Shanghai that we reported on a while back. If you want to rap, I'm here to say that Giga Shanghai is the place to play. Uh, not that kind of rap program. This kind of rap program. That makes more sense. Yeah. So last year, Tesla announced on their official China Weibo account that they would be offering custom color wraps, and now they appear to be starting. So thank you to Jason Yang for his drone footage on his YouTube channel. 
yeah, I mean, seeing Giga Shanghai and all its splendor is so cool. And then seeing like these multicolor wraps outside the factory is really cool. Okay, so they do this in China. Why don't they do this in the United States? I know we said this at the time, like it would be super popular, especially here in the United States. Yeah, I think they should. I mean, I know that there's plenty of places you can take your car to get wrapped, but it's like, oh, how Tesla do it. All right. So this story started with a tweet from Elon, like Tesla stories so often do. Trial program for opening Tesla superchargers to other EVs has begun. So it appears that Tesla last week has made 10 supercharger locations in the Netherlands available for charging electric cars of other brands. Yeah, the Netherlands is the first country where Tesla is testing this possibility. During this pilot program, the 10 supercharger locations in the Netherlands will be in these Dutch cities. So Tesla stated, it's always been our ambition to open the supercharger network to non-Tesla EVs and by doing so, encourage more drivers to go electric. This move directly supports our mission to accelerate the world's transition to sustainable energy. More customers using the supercharger network enables faster expansion. Our goal is to learn and iterate quickly while continuing to aggressively expand the network so we can eventually welcome both Tesla and non-Tesla drivers at every supercharger worldwide. We're starting with a select number of sites so that we can review the experience, monitor congestion, and assess feedback before expanding. Further sites will only be open to non-Tesla vehicles if there is available capacity. All right, so this is great news for anyone who doesn't drive uh, a Tesla EV Mm -hmm. uh, because it sounds like someday, maybe, hopefully, uh, the supercharger network will be open to you. Yeah, and the cool part here, I think, as you pointed out in past shows, is that you will need the Tesla app. So you'll get to you know the charging location in your Bolt or your Ionic, and you'll have to get the app, which then now kind of makes you a potential Tesla customer because now they can talk to you. But many Tesla drivers out there are asking questions like, hang on, are there going to be idle fees for these non-Tesla drivers? Yes, idle fees will apply. Mm-hmm. Will there be additional costs for these non-Tesla drivers? Yes, they will have to pay a fee if they want to pay the same as Tesla drivers. And in fact, we have a driver who seems to have used a Hyundai Ionic charging in the Netherlands. And here's a video where he says, That's nice. This works great. Yeah, this happy Ionic owner tried it and reports that if you pay 13 euros a month, you join Tesla and then the rate is the same as other Tesla owners. And then it's funny that uh, if you notice there, he had to push really hard to get the charger to go into his Ionic because Ionic puts like a little light that sticks out. Hmm. And so you have to like, like pass it. And it's like, why don't we have standards? <laughs> and then Elon responded to this and he said, uh, cool. Yeah. Now there's this other problem when we're talking about uh, superchargers and non-Teslas using them, which is that Tesla has a beautiful standard. The back left of the car is where you plug it in. Yep. So that means that all the supercharger stations can be uniform and all the charging can be uniform. The right. problem is other car companies just love putting the ports just any old place on the car. Oh, right, it, oh, right here in the in the middle quarter panel. That that works. If you're a non-Tesla driver, uh, superchargers have very short cords. So if you're to pull up in like an e-tron, I think you'd have to pull in at 90 degrees to the charger and you'd block like two or three spots. I don't know if Tesla is going to be changing how they or, you know, make superchargers. Yeah, maybe they're going to have to make some non-Tesla chargers where they uh, place them differently or have longer cables. But you're right. This takes out a lot of stalls. It's interesting that they're starting this without having any of these other car manufacturers help pay for the network, which is what Elon had been saying the whole time. 
Right. Uh, basically, the users will be paying for the network. And the government will be helping to pay um, in many cases because these countries want to have more charging. So they're incentivizing networks that are open to all EVs. I think this is really smart because we just saw a big federal amount of money that's going to be spent on EV charging. And it, this is going to take a while. And when it starts to pour in, if, if Tesla can go, hey, we're doing this for everybody, uh, I think they might be able to get some of this money. Because ultimately, Tesla didn't need to be taking money from other car manufacturers. There just needed to be some money coming in from somewhere. Right. Um, it would have behooved all of these car manufacturers to have bought in with Tesla because then they would have had the same exclusivity that Tesla would have had. Um, but none of them apparently did that. Nope. So uh, I guess we'll go around in a different way. And, you know, their users are going to have to pay more to use the same stalls that Tesla owners don't have to pay as much for because they bought the cars from Tesla. Great selling point for Teslas. All right. So Mayor Frank Scarpitti, the mayor of Markham, Ontario in Canada, a suburb north of Toronto, he tweeted this out last week. I'm delighted to share that Tesla Canada is joining our already robust automotive and technology ecosystem by locating a manufacturing facility in the city of Markham. The facility will be the first branded Tesla Canada manufacturing facility in Canada and will produce state-of-the-art manufacturing equipment to be used at the gigafactories located around the world in the production of batteries. So remember that Tesla bought Hybar Systems back in 2019, which was located in Richmond Hill, which is right next to Markham. Hybar is a manufacturing system company that makes the machines used in battery cell production. So it sounds like this new factory that Tesla is opening will be continuing that work and supplying gigafactories with machines to build out the 4680 battery lines around the world. And speaking of 4680 machines, it appears that new anode and cathode production equipment has arrived last week at Giga Texas. And huge shout out to our eagle-eyed friend and amazing drone pilot, Jeff Roberts, who is pretty much out there at Giga Texas every day. Yeah. So, of course, nothing was going to slip by him. I mean, just as his drone was running out of battery, he caught this like out of the corner of his eye. And then he sent up another drone to go get all the footage. So thank you so much, Jeff. This is amazing. I mean, having around the clock drone footage means that we know exactly what's going on at these gigafactories. So thank you to Elon for allowing it. But thank you to our awesome drone community for actually doing all the hard work. And thank you to everyone who supports Jeff Roberts, because I'm sure that if he didn't have that second drone, we would wouldn't be seeing yeah. these boxes going, these exciting boxes going into the factory. Yeah, go check out his YouTube channel and support him on Patreon. And I just want to point out a couple other things I noticed in that video. Uh, look at all these Tesla charging stalls. 72 chargers are thereabouts that I counted. And that's about 500 kilowatts of charging. Or more. It could be more than that. Uh, yeah, it could be. And yeah, so you have all that charging. And then look at the construction worker parking lot. Oh, my God. I mean, you, you can barely see the end of it. All right. I hate to tell you I told you so, but even as recently as last month, I said that Herbert Deese is probably going to face huge opposition from VW. Deese has enemies. He has deep-seated, rooted enemies that are probably working. This is like House of Cards stuff, right, where there's people working behind the scenes to get him out and get VW to go back to, you know, their diesel scandal. I mean, come on. Like, these are the guys. That's the culture of the company. That's the culture of the company. So these guys are not gone. They're deeply rooted in the company. And so I'm sure Deese has been trying to get some of them rooted out and so forth. But there's a lot of people in a huge company that would love to see him go because Deese is just making their lives horrible. For them, like they're used to making the car one way and now all of a sudden they have to go electric like they do not like that. So I'm guessing that Deese knows all this. He's a smart guy. He's been in the company for years. He knows the culture and he's like, look, there's some diehards here that I am having trouble with. If I don't have some strategy to fight them, I'm going to lose or I'm going to be severely slowed down. 
And I think this might be that. It's like, hey, guys, I can go work for Tesla. And then I'll just bring all of my best people with me. I'll bring all of my contacts in government, all of my, and I'll, we'll just freaking crush you. Is that what you want? I'll go to the other team. Or I can lead you guys to success here. Now, that video was from our Patreon bonus stories. Mm -hmm. uh, we're just giving you a little snippet. But our patrons got to see that a month ago. Yeah. I mean, Deese had to cancel a planned trip to the U.S. last week as VW's Worker Council put pressure on the VW board to review Deese's plans. In essence, a vote of no confidence in Herbert Deese's leadership. Deese said, I am being frequently asked why I keep comparing us with Tesla. I know this is annoying some. Even if I no longer talk about Elon Musk, he will still be there and revolutionizes our industry and keeps getting more competitive quickly. Yes, I'm worried about Wolfsburg. I want that your children and grandchildren can still have a secure job here with us in Wolfsburg. That is my point today. That's why I'm here. So Deese is pushing VW to electrify. And let's be honest, most of the VW workforce wants to continue to make what they know and love. Ice engines, not EVs. Herbert Deese went on to say, I don't need to mention here what all this means on the stock market. Tesla has unlimited access to money and resources due to its high valuation. These numbers are what drive me to point out this new competition and not turn a blind eye. The Tesla Model 3 was the best-selling car in Europe in September ahead of the Golf, and this despite the fact that Tesla does not even build in Europe yet. Tesla only imports so far. Only those who understand and have an eye on the competition can win. Tesla is the benchmark today, and other strong startups have entered our market from China. So this is amazing, okay? The, both of these things, because what we said uh, a couple of years ago was that uh, VW was going to go out of business. And a lot of people said, no, no, they got Deese, they got Deese. And one man does not a company make. Except Except maybe. for Elon, maybe. But what I'm saying is Volkswagen is a company that extends well beyond Herbert Deese. Yep. And it contains thousands and thousands of other people. All of these people have not been making EVs this whole time. Right. It is so much harder for Deese to steer this boat when basically the entire boat wants to mutiny against him. Exactly. I mean, I gotta say, I really think Herbert Deese will be leaving VW in the near future. And when he leaves, I think he has a bright future at Tesla. I think they have a desk waiting for him. I think that at Giger Berlin, there's probably already a corner <laughs> office that has his name on the door. And yep. there's a piece of tape over it. And one day, and Elon's just gonna come over, peel the tape off and call him up, send him a, you know, tweet him a little picture. Deese, you want to come work for us? Yeah. And what a day that will be. Oh, yeah. Because what boneheaded idiots are at VW right now mm -hmm. that they have their best hope. Mm-hmm. And they're going, he sucks. This is like if if Princess Leia is like, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're our only hope. But we hate you. Get out of here, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah, this is shooting the messenger for sure. And speaking of VW, VW unveiled their new ID5 last week. It looks just like the ID4. Yeah, it's just like a sportier version. Uh, it's built on the same MEB platform. So that explains why the ID5 Pro, which is the entry-level variant, will have the same 77 kilowatt hour battery pack and the 174 horsepower rear motor with 320 miles of range. Yep, and remember, a little less headroom in the back because this is a sportier version. But they aren't going to be changing the platform, which means they're not going to be changing the suspension, which was one of the things that I didn't like that much about that car, right. along with most of the interior, which looks, again, exactly the same. Yep. Um, I mean, it's sportier, so 
I guess people who like the ID4 but wanted a sportier version, now you can get that. But it's basically just a clone car. Uh, no pricing yet. It should be coming to Europe first next year sometime. VW was light on details at the announcement. Uh, we did catch a glimpse of the ID Buzz uh, during their presentation. So here's a picture of that. Oh, Funny how every time we see it, it's uglier and uglier than when we first saw it. Like when we first saw it, everyone loved it. They fell in love with it. They're like, make that. I will buy it. Because they, they changed it. They I mean, look at what it used to look like. Right. That looks fun. Right. This yeah. looks like a transit van. My question is, are they changing the looks to fit the Chinese market? Because, I mean, I'm no expert in design, but it feels like this would fit the Chinese market better. And maybe that's where they're going to release it. I don't know. I, I This is, again, Big Auto makes concept cars. Then they water them down, water mm -hmm. them down. And then they're like, oh, it looks like a normal piece of crap, ready to go out the door. And I think that Tesla has always fought this. They've always made very different looking vehicles and they haven't changed much from the concepts that we get, that we see. It's it's like, oh, we have Falcon wing doors. And everyone's like, oh, that's just a concept. And then they freaking do it. The production car usually looks better than the concept. I, I mean, go yeah. back and look at the early concept of the Model X. And I would argue the the actual Model X looks better. So Tesla has updated the Tesla app with some new features. 2021.40 now has Tidal streaming service. What, like Jay-Z's Tidal service? Why? Well, Square bought Tidal recently, and Jack Dorsey, who's the co-founder of Square and Twitter, he's a good friend of Elon's, so that's why. But for the, you know, 25 people who use Tidal, good news, I guess. <laughs> so there's also a new cold weather improvement. It says you can now enable front defrost and maintain your climate settings when clearing ice and snow. As usual, tap the fan icon and select keep climate on when parked. That's awesome. I could have used that the other day when it frosted over. Yep. And there's a new chime. You will now receive an audio alert when traffic aware cruise control is enabled to disable tap controls, autopilot, traffic aware cruise control chime. I, I think I really like this because... I remember when we first got Sparky and you could put it in traffic where a cruise control didn't make a noise. When you put it in autopilot, of course, it goes boom. But you might put it in traffic where a cruise control, not hear anything. Right. And think that you're coasting when in actuality you're accelerating or you're maintaining a speed that you didn't mean to do. Right. Oh, and they made British English an official language. That's great. So now it'll actually pronounce British towns properly. Yeah. Helps us here in Massachusetts. Will it though? Will, will Take it? a left on Worcester Drive. I can't wait to see if it actually works. And Tesla Time News is sponsored by Cybertruck Owners Club. There you'll find a crowdsource reservation tracker that you can update and find your place in line. Check out their website for Cybertruck news, discussions, and community for Cybertruck enthusiasts and future owners. Tesla Rotti tweeted out Tesla's CloudSync driver profiles to bring custom settings across multiple cars. Elon tweeted, in the future, any Tesla you use will automatically sync to your preferences. So what is he talking about? Well, not a Tesla app discovered this new cloud profiles feature in the latest Tesla software update. All right. So it appears that in this release, there's a reference to this new feature called cloud profiles, which gives the user the option to enable vehicle sync for individual driver profiles. So if you own multiple Teslas or you use a loaner or rent a Tesla, you'll then be able to keep your profile settings the same across your vehicles. So like when you change a setting, it'll automatically be carried over to your other vehicles. So, I mean, I guess even if I rent a Hertz Tesla, I could use my app and it will know my preferences. Wow, that's actually kind of a big deal because, I mean, regular cars, you what, have like maybe a mirror and a seat profile. But like Tesla has so many options like easy entry, Mad Max mode, chill driving and uh, what kind of horn sound you want. Now, I'll give you easy entry, but I don't know if it saves chill or Mad Max and stuff like that. 
Oh, yeah, I think you're right. Maybe it doesn't save all that. You know, it should save all those settings. And um, it could. I mean, right. all they have to do is write a, a little bit of code. I mean, I think they should because I share one of my cars with my wife and uh, we have different preferences. And then each time I get in, I have to be like, oh, yeah, right. I, she doesn't drive that way. I can't even get into the car because the steering wheel is... <laughs> and I can't, I like get to, I can't sit in because my legs don't fit. Right. It, it would be nice if it, if it was just like, ah, yes, you are Jesse. Welcome to the car. There is enough room for your legs. So there have been plenty of rumors floating around that Tesla had acquired Colorado battery startup Cilion. A new patent published recently shows Tesla as the applicant for the patent where Cilion co-founders Tyler Evans and Daniela Molina Piper are the inventors. Cilion, by the way, described themselves as a developer of an advanced lithium ion battery designed to address the market's accelerated demand for higher performance energy storage devices. The company's technology delivers high energy batteries by simultaneously incorporating high loaded silicon anodes, nickel rich NMC cathodes, and a non-flammable ionic liquid electrolyte and offer an increase in both energy density and specific energy in lithium ion batteries, enabling users to get safer and lower cost energy storage devices for defense, consumer electronics, and electric vehicle applications. So wait, how did Tesla acquire a company without it being public knowledge? Well, I'm not going to bore you with the complex accounting and legal stuff of how they could do this. But if the acquisition was small enough and they were a fairly small company, Tesla could have essentially not announced it and then hide that they bought it in their financial statements by aggregating that cost with everything else that they do. Okay, but why would they want to hide advances in their battery technology? I mean, I see other brands spend money on TV ads just to tell me about their new batteries. Well, I think that there's a couple things going on here. First of all, Tesla is the leader, so they don't really have to worry about the competition as much like GM does. And so if they came out and said, like, we have a brand new battery uh, or we just acquired a new company that has a great battery technology, I think that people would go like, oh, so should I wait on buying my Tesla until you have that new technology in oh, the car? Osborne effect. Osborne effect. I think, yeah, people would just go like, yeah, I'll wait until you get the new special, uh, you know, Cilion batteries in there. I mean, I think in essence, this wasn't as much a company as it was the IP. Like it was probably a company. I'm sure they had lab benches and stuff, mm -hmm. but I don't think they were like manufacturing these batteries. I think that this was research and they bought that. I, exactly. Because I mean, many of their employees actually became Tesla employees. Right. So Tesla has again increased the price of the Model 3 and Y. Wait, what is this? Midnight silver metallic paint is now an included color? Yep, one of my favorite colors, Sparky's color. Because uh, let's face it, there needs to be more colors. So solid black is now $1,500 more, whereas midnight silver and pearl white are the standard options. Correct. And all Model 3 variants, the standard range plus, the long range all-wheel drive, and the performance all went up $1,000. So the Model 3 standard range plus started the year at $37,000 and it costs now $45,000. That's a 21% increase in less than a year with seemingly no drop in demand. Now, both variants of the Model Y also jumped up by $1,000. You can check out their prices here. But for that extra $1,000, you're getting a better range. Tesla updated their website last week to show that the Model 3 Standard Range Plus now gets 272 miles of range versus 262 miles before. Uh... No, that's the Model 3. Yeah, I know. I just said that. The Model 3 Standard Range Plus now gets... No, no, gets that's the Model 3. I just said that. No, you didn't. You said the Model 3 Standard Range Plus. That's what I said. Right, and that's wrong. But that's the Model 3. Right. And that's what I said. No, you said the Model 3 Standard Range Plus, and now it's just the Model 3. Why didn't you say that? I did. Okay, now that we have that settled, 
the Model 3 Long Range also went up in range by five miles to 358 miles. And the Model Y Long Range went up by four miles to 330 miles. So do you think this is the same trick that Ford and VW are doing by unlocking some more of the battery capacity? Now, I'm not sure, but in the past, Tesla has always increased the range by finding ways to make the cars more efficient. Or maybe the Model 3 is seeing a bump due to LFP batteries. That doesn't exactly make a lot of sense, though. Yeah, who knows? I would love to figure out if this is like some kind of new efficiency gain they got or how they did it. But it is kind of cool. They're increasing the prices, but they are making the cars uh, that much better. All right, here's a little bit of a scary story. Tesla Silicon Valley tweeted out, Tesla owner followed for 40 miles and robbed at gunpoint. Sentry mode had it all filmed. And Elon responded with an exclamation point. Check this out. So you're seeing here that uh, this Tesla owner uh, was in the car while they're robbing it. And is, and I think, you know, his fight or flight just like got a hold of him and he decided to gun it and went after the robbers who then shot at him. Uh, luckily, no one was hurt, but yeah, damage to his car and he was robbed at gunpoint, which is traumatic. Thank goodness for Tesla cam because I mean, you're getting all those angles. I mean, normally if you're just shooting out the front of the car, you're only going to get one. Here you got everything caught on film for the cops to hopefully go catch these guys. So on October 29th, NHTSA issued a recall notice for 11,704 Teslas on the full self-driving beta program using 2021.36.5.2 because some owners were reporting false automatic emergency braking and forward collision warnings. Oh my gosh. So what is Tesla going to do about this? You mean, what did they do? Wait, Tesla already fixed it? Yeah. In fact, Tesla fixed this faster than it took NHTSA to issue the recall. Wait, what are you talking about? I mean, how could Tesla fix it if NHTSA hadn't even issued the recall? Because Tesla heard about it from owners on October 24th, the day after they sent out the release. And by that evening, they found the problem. The next day on the 25th, Tesla sent out 2021.36.5.3, which fixed the problem. So then why did NHTSA have to even issue the recall? Hmm. I wonder why. So wait, this is that thing that we were talking about the other day where they're just like, well, you guys didn't. Re so uh, I'm just I just want to ask a question here. The only reason that NHTSA knew that this was a problem is because Elon tweeted about it. Mm hmm. Like they wouldn't have heard about it otherwise. Nope. Like because the way that NHTSA works is that you issue complaints to NHTSA. Mm -hmm. They look into it mm -hmm. if they think that it's valid. Then they look into it. Then they issue a recall and they they talk to the automaker and they say, you have to fix this problem. Also, NHTSA hardly ever does recall notice this fast. So like. Obviously, Tesla is somehow prioritized in the NHTSA office. And, and I just want to make a point that while this is going on and NHTSA is picking on Tesla, there are other car companies out there with very dangerous problems, problems that Sandy Monroe has pointed out about seat belts and so forth, where there's actually people dying and NHTSA is not prioritizing those. Right. And my other question is, let's let's say, what, what if this happened with Ford? What if Ford came out with a software update, right? And there was some problem with it and it was dangerous. Would Ford have fixed it in one day? First of all, no. no. So NHTSA would have had to get involved. And the only way that NHTSA would have gotten involved is if there were problems Accidents. and people had complained to NHTSA. Or be died. Or died. And NHTSA would, would then have to investigate it, which usually takes a very long time. It's yep. not this quick thing where they're like, oh, my gosh, fix it. No, they're like, well, we will now begin an uh, investigation about um the... Blah, blah. So then they do the investigation. Then... They issue a recall notice, and then the car makers have some amount of time to fix it. Right. Tesla fixed this in one day. Yep. And the fastest that NHTSA could issue a recall notice that they heard about from Elon on Twitter was three days. Yeah. So I don't understand how NHTSA is protecting us. They're not. 
It, <laughs> if you want to hear more about that, you could watch last week's Patreon bonus story. So Honda has been pretty quiet on the e-scooter front, but now we get wind of this latest offering, the three-wheeled Honda Gyro Canopy E. Ooh, I mean, that looks interesting. What, what do we know about it? Well, it uh, has a weird power output. It says 580 watts of continuous power, which when I first read it, I was like, what? How can that be? Most e-bikes have more power than that. But Honda says that the peak output is 3,200 watts. Uh, now, most electric motors have a peak output, uh, you know, 20, 30% higher than the continuous. My guess is that uh, when you first go, you know, zero miles an hour up to say 5, 10, 15, uh, it's going to be giving you 3.2 kilowatts or 3200 watts mm -hmm. and then once it gets to top speed it can only put out 580 watts it's probably to get around regulations yeah that's my guess too okay yeah um what's cool is that it uses these two 1.3 kilowatt hour swappable batteries so 2.6 kilowatt hours of battery yep uh, honda says the gyro can go 48 miles or 77 kilometers at like medium speeds I mean, I'd love to get my hands on one of these so we could test it. Yeah, me too. But at a price of $62.95, I'm not sure how attractive this is going to be. Honda will be releasing this in Japan first with no launch date yet for other markets. So, I mean, I think that this is unfortunately solidly aimed at commercial last mile delivery. Like, great I, for cities. I thought that too. But my question is storage. Like, okay, I get you. You're like delivering packages or, or meals. But like... Wouldn't you then put a box on the back or something? Like, where do you put things? I guess you, yeah, you'd have to fashion some kind of box or hanging mechanism on the back. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It just seems like why not just have built that into the design? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. It's a very interesting design because if you did this with a gas engine, it would be horrible. The other thing is these are swappable batteries, but to make swappable really cool, it should belong to a system where they're all throughout the city, like with Gogoro. Mm. And here they're, I think, proprietary. So what are you going to just keep some hidden behind a bush on your route or something? This is like if you got a remote control and instead of using AA batteries, it was like, no, you got to buy our special batteries. Right. And you're like, well, I, I don't. This is silly. So Tesla has started selling this. Yeah, everyone knows that. Well, how could everyone know that? Tesla just started selling them last week. What are you talking about? Tesla's been selling this for years. No, no, no. This is a Tesla wall charger with a J1772 plug. So it works for all EVs. Oh, wait. I've seen these before at some businesses. Right. I mean, Tesla has made these before and they've installed them at businesses as part of their commercial charging program. But this is the first time that Tesla is selling these chargers to the general public. It will cost $415, but unlike Tesla's Gen 3 charger, this charger doesn't have Wi-Fi. So why is Tesla doing this? So here's my thought. Tesla has this uh, commercial charging program where, where they will provide chargers to businesses for free. They say, oh, you need chargers because you have people that drive Teslas and other EVs. We will give you some chargers. Usually it's a four to one split between Tesla only chargers. So your standard, you know, Tesla wall connector and one J1772, whether that was a Clipper Creek at, the t at a certain point in time or uh, this one. But the problem is some businesses can't justify that to uh, other people in the company to say that like, oh, only our Tesla drivers are going to be able to charge. And they're going like, well, I'm not spending because the, the company will still have to spend money on installation. So my thought is that this is for businesses to 
buy more chargers, which isn't the expensive part in the whole equation. It's the installation. And this could make some bean counters happy at a company. And if you drive a Tesla, you can still use this charger with the adapter. Exactly. So it's a it's a very friendly adapter. And in fact, some people had taken the old uh, wall connector and used it for their non-Tesla EVs because it was such a universally adaptable uh, charger, which is kind of interesting. Right. We do the opposite of that here. Um, you know, Brent's got a Volt. He can plug into our Tesla wall charger with an adapter that goes the other way. Right. So remember that the holidays are coming up. And if you're looking for a great gift, let me personally recommend our sponsor, Henson. This shaver is precision machine to expose only 0.0013 inches of the blade that is less than a human hair. This, along with all of the other clever engineering, allows for a great shave every time. It causes so much less irritation to my face than anything else I've tried. And I've tried multiple blade cartridge razors, as well as other safety razors and electric razors. Now, Henson is a Canadian company that has taken the lessons they learned from aerospace manufacturing for the last 20 years to make a shaver that doesn't suck. It's able to hold the blade very firmly, which reduces chatter, like in a cartridge razor, but it also prevents hair clogging by having a large channel behind the blade, allowing for quick rinsing and faster shaves. And the blades are affordable, so you can stop dragging that dull cheese grater across your chin and replace the blade every shave for less money. And those blades are more sustainable than a cartridge razor. And if you use our link below, you can now pick up a box of 100 blades for free. You can also use the code now you know if you forgot to click the link. So thank you, Henson, for sponsoring us. And there's only a few days left before Holly's high voltage experience. We'd like to thank Holly, our sponsor and the leading designer, marketer and manufacturer of high performance automotive aftermarket products for car and truck enthusiasts, because Holly is inviting all electric vehicles to the inaugural high voltage experience at Sonoma Raceway this weekend, November 13th through 14th. Holly's high voltage experience will be a playground for EV owners, drivers and enthusiasts alike, offering multiple high performance driving events and an opportunity for the emerging EV culture to come together. Motorsports events will include autocross, road course, drag racing, grand champion competition, and a unique 3S challenge, which combines driving performance aspects of all of the above. Driving instruction will be available by well-known professional driver and EV lap record holder Randy Popes on the full Sonoma Raceway road course. The event will also feature a dedicated car show with an EV vendor midway to provide enthusiasts an unprecedented look at a wide variety of personalized vehicles and impressive EV conversions. To top off the excitement, Holly High Voltage will include daily drifting exhibitions and drag racing passes by the world's first 200 mile an hour EV dragster. Yeah, there's even going to be EV wine country cruises. Holly High Voltage has something for everyone, bringing together all walks of the EV community and will include attendance by premier influencers, builders, cars and drivers such as Rich Rebuilds, Bismoto Engineering, Jehu Garcia and more. And our buddy Steven will be there showing off the world's only cyber quad that he helped build. Get your tickets today for Holly's High Voltage Experience at Sonoma Raceway in California, November 13th and 14th by going to hollyhighvoltage.com and we'll put the link in the show notes below. So some good news for SpaceX. Michael Sheet says, breaking, Jeff Bezos's Blue Origin loses lawsuit against NASA over the HLS lunar lander contract with Judge Hurtling siding with the agency and SpaceX in ruling. And Elon tweeted, you have been judged. All right, it's time for Into the Future. So the Swedish startup Enride, which was founded five years ago and which makes the autonomous pod and the flatbed pod electric class eight trucks, announced last week that they are opening headquarters in New York City. Enride is also planning on opening regional offices in Austin, Texas, San Francisco and the southeast. Now, imagine if this video that we're watching now becomes the truck driver job of the near future. 
what is this we're watching? This is Enride's new Saga operating system that lets operators order and track shipments and oversee vehicle routes and assignments. Enride says that what they've learned so far using the Saga software is that 40% of US road freight could transition to electric today for the same cost or less than diesel. So is that operator overseeing one truck? Uh, no, I think that they're going to be overseeing a fleet. Um, again, this is supposed to be an SAE level four autonomy. So according to Enride, these trucks should be able to drive themselves autonomously, except for rare circumstances like extreme weather. Oh, okay. I see. So the operator's helping individual trucks when they send out like an alert, like I'm stuck, I need help. But otherwise she's managing all the routes and shipments of the entire fleet. Right. So it's much more efficient in terms of people power. All right. It's time for Going Green and we're sponsored by EcoWare. And we've got a uh, new promo code for the holiday season called holiday season for 15% off at EcoWare. Remember that when you buy a tea, we plant 10 trees and we help cap a well. So we make your entire purchase not only carbon neutral, but negative. And anything you buy over there helps support Now You Know. Yeah, so many great gift ideas. I mean, including pillows, pet bandanas, kids shirts and adult shirts, all sorts of things you could put under the tree. So if you take an Uber in London, Uber has added an optional clean air fee that adds three pence or four cents to every mile of your Uber trip. Uber has already collected 135 million pounds and has used these additional funds to offer discounted Kia and Nissan EVs to its drivers. 4,000 Uber drivers have taken up the offer so far. Well, now Uber has announced that they are adding Teslas to the program. It's about time. Yeah, Uber doesn't impress me much with their electrification plans. They want to be all electric by 2040. That's almost 20 years from now. So I'm not that impressed. Yeah, they made this very greenwashy statement last year that they were spending $800 million on an investment to push for electrification, money that they are largely raising from customers through fees like this. And I'm mad as a rider that I pay this extra clean air fee but it doesn't directly correlate to anything concrete. Now, including Teslas is great, but they need to do this everywhere, not just in one city. All right, it's time for sunspots. Here's a story about solar highways. Wait, so solar panels on the highway? Well, next to the highway, at least. Massachusetts-based Coast Solar will be attaching solar panels to the sides of concrete sound barriers, 160 of them, by the way, on the I-95 around the Boston area. The project will begin installations in the spring of next year and should produce 800 megawatt hours annually, so enough to power around 100 households. This was made possible through a $345,000 state grant and will be the first project of its kind in the U.S., Although Germany and Australia already have solar panels attached to highway sound barriers. Okay, now explain how they're going to be attached. I mean, are they just going to be hanging there like on like vertically? No, they've come up with these like steel uh, hangers that make an angle so that it's better, you know, angled towards the sun. Um, and these solar panels will face the road. Okay, so I mean, that's kind of cool. Does, does this help with sound dampening at all, do you think? I don't really think it helps with the sound dampening, but you just got this big wall there anyway. Mm. So it's like, why not use it? That's Good point. And if you'd like to put solar on a place of your house that you don't really use anyway, which is your roof, uh, you might want to talk to our friends at EnergyPal because they are the solar and battery experts that can help you go solar for less. Take more control of your energy. Guarantee the price of power and storage costs for the next 20 years. Do it all online or on your schedule or on your couch. We'll put the link down below and tell them that Zach and Jesse sent you. All right, it's time for a video contributor stories. What do we got this week? We've got Kevin with the Boulder County Sheriff's Department's Model Y. Hey, Zach and Jesse, this is Kevin from Colorado here at the National Drive Electric Week event in Longmont. Today, I'm with Sergeant Leak of the Boulder County Sheriff's Department. 
uh, to explain a little bit about his Model Y. Hey, well, thank you for talking with me today. Uh, it was a really exciting project. This is a test project that we're doing at the Sheriff's Office. Uh, it's part of a research proposal that I put together. Uh, I've been an EV owner personally for the last few years, uh, and having owned them and driven them uh, uh, frequently, I've quickly learned the value of, uh, of electric vehicles. Um, so closely following EV offerings uh, in the market, and once the Model Y came out, uh, I figured that the specifications were pretty closely uh, comparable to the Ford Explorer, uh, which is one of our sport or one of our patrol vehicles that we use. Uh, so I put together research uh, looking at 10 years of data that uh, we need for our fleet. Uh, looking at specifications on maintenance costs and operating costs for the Explorer, and then uh, use that data to compare against specifications for the Tesla, uh, and ended up figuring out that even though the uh, initial cost of the Tesla is more than the Explorer, uh, it actually ends up uh, typically within 6 to 18 months making up that difference of paying for itself. Uh, and then after that, of course, it's, it's savings uh, over the Explorer. So the, um, uh, over the life of the vehicle, uh, our Explorers average uh, roughly $19,000 in operating costs and maintenance costs. So that's all of your fuel uh, to drive all those miles. Uh, that's work on the brakes. That's roughly four to five oil changes per year uh, since we drive an average of 21,000 miles a year. Um, so it comes out to about $19,000 on maintenance and operating costs for the Explorer over its lifetime. Uh, which equates to about uh, 18.7 cents a mile uh, for the car over its life. Uh, the Tesla, uh, like I said, it's a little more expensive up front, uh, but it should pay for itself within 6 to 18 months. And its lifetime uh, operating costs and maintenance costs uh, comes down to just under 3 cents a mile. Um, so the Explorer ends up being about six times as much in operating costs and maintenance costs. Um, so again, this one's a, a test project, uh, so we're testing in a few different capacities uh, at the Sheriff's Office. So we'll test it for traffic, general patrol, uh, admin, command staff, detectives, etc. Uh, kind of see where it fits. Uh, but so far it's going extremely well. Uh, we're very happy with it. I've got a bunch of people clamoring to, to test uh, and we hope to get more soon. Well, thank you, Officer Leak, for uh, sharing with uh, us today here. And to you, Zach and Jesse, now you know. I, did he say there's like just a six to 18 month payback at just three cents a mile? Yeah, compared to six times as much for a gas version. This is so awesome to get firsthand accounting from actual police departments. So this is, yeah, share this video with like your police departments to show them that real cops are using real electric cars and it's really working. We'll put that on the Clips channel. All right, it's time for our Patreon bonus stories. And if you want to head on over there, we are covering some stories like some greenwashing going on at COP26. The Rivian lawsuit. And a movie with Teslas. All right, we're back from our Patreon bonus stories. If you want to check those out, you can head over to patreon.com slash now you know. Support us for as little as a buck a month, and you get access to all of our Patreon bonus stories. You can even watch last week's, which was pretty good. Yeah. And right. this one was pretty good, too. It was. All right, it's time for our Patreon shoutouts. These are people that support us at $5 or more a month, and they get their names at the end credits, too. Who do we got this week? We've got BBJ. Brandon Kruger. Farm the Sun. Laplace's Demon. Russell Fons. Dave Mack. Clayton Brown, Royce Young, Phil Krug, Daniel Brock, Karsten Ellsworth, Kivon, Shri Khanna, Horatio Duhart, 
Adil Khan, Kevin Holly, Chesley Couch, Josia Hicks, Tony Nixon, Jeff Faines, Kevin Yu, Adam Scalata, Lisa Merman, Alan Broussard, and Cameron Mahoney. Thank you so much, guys, for supporting us. We can't do the show without you. All right, it's time for Elon's Tweets of the Week, and he got a little raunchy. We may not be doing that one. Uh, Tesla Silicon Valley said, Super Tesla stonks. Thank you, Elon. Elon said, you're welcome. If any of this is based on Hertz, I'd like to emphasize that there is no contract that has been signed yet. Tesla has far more demand than production. Therefore, we will only sell cars to Hertz for the same margins as consumers. Hertz deal has zero effect on our economics. Elon appeared to have replied absolutely to a tweet about terraforming Mars, but it was deleted apparently because so many people got upset about it. Basically, people were like, why can't we focus on Earth? Elon tweeted out a humankind poem, which translated says humankind cooking beans and burning beans. Osmonda Japonica in the cauldron weeping is the same root. So why is it too anxious? Shibatoshi Nakamoto, the founder of Doge, says, OK, I ate a taco and have made my decision on who will be the next fake CEO of Dogecoin. Announcement will be at 4 p.m. Pacific. And Elon replied, me. Shibatoshi said, hmm, I feel like you need a better fake title than faux CEO. Something like top innovator of technological services. Elon said, how about my little Doge Floki? He would make a great CEO. His judgment is perfect. And Shibatoshi said, the new fake CEO of Dogecoin is his dog Kabusu. And Elon clapped. Shibatosi said, nomination for the new fake chairman of the board is none other than Elon Musk. I believe he knows a little something about money, leadership, and memes. Elon's adorable wonderkind puppy Floki will be nominated fake president, receiving Doge mentorship alongside Kabushu. And Elon tweeted out, yep, even the moon. <laughs> and Mars, because get it? Uh, there's been Viking missions to Mars. Oh, that's funny. And that's in reference to like them finding some evidence that definitely means that the Vikings got to North America before Columbus. Yeah. And then Elon's been tweeting back and forth with Shibatosi a lot. Uh, Humor is underrated. Elon said, so are tunnels. Ross Gerber said, did anyone send Elon a detailed plan to solve world hunger? Seems like a missed opportunity. Elon said, not yet. They should just post their transaction ledger. Must be somewhere. Then ALP said, only $2 billion out of $8 billion spent on food? And this is in reference to the World Food Program's budget last year. Elon's looking into it. And uh, Dr. Eli David tweeted out this cartoon of the UN World Food Program, where money goes in and very little makes it to the end. And Elon said, seems that way. Publishing the transaction ledger would clarify matters. John Rettinger said, this is beyond wild. Elon said, neural net upgrades coming that improve persistence across time and space. There's basically better object permanence. We will post finer grain details of software improvements going forward. Black Model 3 said, 10.4 still on track for QA today and beta users starting tomorrow. Elon said, probable. Calvin said, when object permanence is there, it'll help a lot of non-tech savvy owners. E.g., I know someone who thought his Model Y had camera issues because the lines jitter. AP, not an FSD owner. And he was somewhat nervous to use AP. I had to tell him it's normal and why it occurs. Elon said, exactly. Improved memory will cause predictions to converge and reduce jitter. Some late breaking news. He said, with 10.4, we're deploying a patch to internal beta vehicles around 3 a.m. tomorrow. If that goes well, we may be able to release 10.4 to external beta vehicles on Sunday many good improvements. Then on Sunday, Alex said, update 10.4 rolling out to 98s today. Elon said, we are rolling 10.4 out slowly as there may be subtle hardware differences in the owner fleet. If it continues to look good over the next few days, we may start rolling out to 98 safety scores. So that means maybe today I'll get it? <sighs> I hope so. I mean, boy. It's two maybe, weeks. It's been two weeks. Maintaining a high <laughs> score is 
intolerable. Michael Sheets tweeted out, British company Imarsat files an FCC request to access the U.S. market with its planned low Earth orbit broadband constellation orchestra of 198 satellites. Skywatcher tweeted out this funny meme of you've seen this before and Elon laughed. Shibatosi tweeted out, people spend a huge amount of their lives obsessing about made up numbers in some database. Elon said, I say this frequently. So they're talking about money. Essentially. Yes. Holmar's catalog said, Elon, sentry mode talk through the car feature is so awesome. Would be cool if we could talk through external speakers while driving using the mic with voice changer as an option. Would be helpful for rain when you're sick, etc. And would be just fun. Maybe put it in the toy box. Elon said, we'll consider. Yeah. And this is after he changed his name to Lord Edge oh. and his location to Trollheim. Interesting. Uh, Shabatoshi said, Lord Edge is an anagram for Elder Doge. Don't know why he changed his name yet. Okay. Uh, Lex said, there is perhaps no phenomenon which contains so much destructive feeling as moral indignation, which permits envy or hate to be acted out under the guise of virtue. And that is from Eric Fromm. Elon said, exactly. Sean tweeted out, Mr. Edge, when may we expect a camera retrofit for our 2016, 2017 Model S and Xs? Long live the Lord. Elon said, coming soon. Yes. This is awesome. So <laughs> what we're talking about is uh, older uh, Model S's and X's that bought full self-driving but don't have the cameras in them yet. Um, apparently. Getting the cameras. Th this is yet another tweet. So now we have more than one tweet. When's it coming, Elon? Yes. Two weeks. All right. It's time for Community Mail Time. Community Mail Time. And remember, you can send in your thoughts and pictures and ideas and stories to hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. Okay, so Clueless Dad, the YouTube channel, spotted this Seafoam Green Model 3 and this Electric Metallic Purple Model 3 in Hong Kong. Wow, very pretty. Joe took some photos of the Lucid Air, the Polestar, and the Solo in Arizona. Why does Arizona get all the cool stuff? I know, right? And last week, Scott visited New York City with his family, and they stopped by the new Lucid showroom in Manhattan. He liked it. He liked the styling and many of the specs, ample frunk and trunk space. But he said, I was excited to actually sit in the driver's seat, but that is when I realized it was not designed with me in mind. I am six foot three inches, so I bumped my head getting in. Not only is the car low, but the door opening is smaller too. When I sat in the seat, I noticed the next issue. My line of sight was looking directly into the visor. I tried to adjust the seat down, but that was still not enough. I then needed to adjust the seat back down, but now my arms were stretched out and the field of view narrowed as the A-pillars blocked my peripheral vision. I felt like I was viewing the road through a tank slot. Plus, my head was nearly touching the roof. Were it not panoramic, I would have felt claustrophobic. It is only possible for me to drive in the recumbent position, which is not relaxing and very tiring. I then tried the rear seat and whacked my head a second time getting in. The legroom in the back is great, but the headroom suffers if you are tall. My wife is five foot six inches and had no issues with vision or headroom. I could not safely drive this vehicle because of the poor visibility. This also explains why the coefficient of drag is so low, because it has a low profile. We then went to the Tesla showroom nearby and I did the same test. My head did not bump getting in or out. I had ample headroom and the visibility is excellent. And Scott pointed out while he was in Manhattan, he tried to get into a Revel, the blue Model Y Teslas, mm -hmm. and they said there's a waiting list because so many people are driving in them. Wow. And speaking of Lucid, Ken sent us this photo of Lucid's new showroom in Vancouver, British Columbia, Lucid's first showroom outside of the US. He's sorry he couldn't get the shot without the Tesla photobombing. He says there's just so many Teslas there. And Lewis from Germany was on holiday in Bangkok, Thailand, and he saw a Tesla Model 3 police car as they were driving by. And good job getting any shot at all. I know how hard that is when you're mm -hmm. driving along. And Hans sent us five more colors for your collection, Jesse, uh, that he spotted in Vancouver. This turquoise Model 3, this metallic blue Model 3, this sky blue Model Y, this matte olive drab Model 3, and this yellow submarine Model X. Wow. Thanks, Hans. That's great. All right, it's time for... 
Supercharger Reviews. Okay, good. Jesse. We're here from Brea, California at the brand new version 3 supercharger here at the Brea Mall. This is my new Model Y that I just picked up about 12 days ago and here charging. I actually used to charge at this same location at their EVgo charger with my Kona Electric and at this same location they have an Electrify America. There's an ID4 charging over there. It's super close to the 57 freeway and was very quick to get off of the freeway and find it. There's 20 stalls total at 250 kilowatts. We would rate this probably a 10. It's 10 super close to restaurants, shopping, and there's even a porta potty which might be left over from construction. No wait time today, but it was uh, temporarily closed up to about an hour ago, so we don't know if they were doing service. Um, but a pretty nice new location. There isn't many close to here, so it's nice to have a new supercharger. Hello guys, I'm here at the uh, Superchargers on the Interstate 11 uh, between Henderson and Boulder City, Nevada, just near uh, Las Vegas. There's 12 stalls. You've got a gas station with a mini mart. And over here you got a casino and hotel. Other than that, it's just a lot of parking lot. Walk around. Today is a nice, rare, cloudy, a little bit of sprinkles. Usually it's going to be very sunny and hot here, but it's very convenient to get to, so I would give this a 7. Now you know. Hello, Zach and Jesse. This is David coming to you from rainy Concordia, Missouri at the brand new V3 Supercharger. We are charging the Model Y, which is an amazing vehicle. Very happy with how it does on the road. Eight stalls. Topped out at about 242 kilowatts to start with. Can confirm V3. This is at the Casey's General Store, which you can see behind me there. Not a whole lot else around here, unfortunately, in this immediate area. Uh, if the weather was nicer, you might be able to walk down to McDonald's or Subway, which is not too far away. A few gas stations and a few fast food places. Maybe you want to pick up food on your way in and charge while you sit here. be the best plan in my opinion. But uh, right off Interstate 70. So, decent location all things considered. And happy to have this one finally here in Concordia. So, uh, now you know. Hey Zach and Jesse. Ask and you shall receive. We asked a month ago, uh, but here we are today at the super new Supercharger uh, station atop the city center parking ramp on Geary Avenue in downtown San Francisco. As I mentioned, this is atop the city center uh, shopping center in downtown San Francisco. We're on top of a parking ramp. As you can see, the uh, parking lot is fairly full at this time of day. It's about one o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, it's a, there's a Target store beneath us. And as you can see, I have lots of fellow Tesla owners charging their cars here today. There are 16 V3 superchargers. And as you can see, they are well attended. And in addition to those, there are 18 72 kilowatt 
city chargers. And if you aren't in a hurry and you're just looking for a spot to plug in your car while you're doing a little shopping in downtown, there's even six destination chargers here. So there's basically something for everyone. And the views off the roof are beautiful, if you like looking at cities anyway. I'm not sure how to interpret this sign, uh, whether this means only Teslas can park here for 30 minutes or if they mean 30 minute journal parking even for uh, non-EVs. Uh, but in any case, this is only on the 250 kilowatt chargers, the V3 chargers. On the 72 kilowatt uh, and the destination chargers, they do not have a time limit. So if you were in downtown San Francisco wanting to do a little sightseeing and you know your car's down to 20% or something, why not plug into one of the destination chargers, spend the afternoon viewing all of the attractions in this beautiful city and, uh, and not having to pay for parking? It doesn't get much better than that. So given the number of amenities and all of the charging choices that you have and, uh, and what a wonderful place this is, I got to give this a 10 out of 10. How can I give it anything less? Now you know. Wow. Thank you so much for doing those reviews. And again, if you want to see reviews or if you want to upload your review, you head over to nowyouknowchannel.com. Go to our supercharger review section. Um, you get the whole map of all the superchargers and destination chargers, and you can review them yourself or you can uh, plan a trip by just looking at the superchargers and seeing which ones you want to stop at. All right, what do we got for new superchargers this week? We got number 132 in Canada is the six stall version three in Prince George, British Columbia. Number 21 in Oregon is the eight stall version three in Hood River, Cascade Ave, Oregon. Number 58 in New York is the 12 stall version three in Garden City, New York. Number 14 in Wisconsin is the eight stall version three in Madison on South Livingston Street. Number 29 in Georgia is the 8-stall version 3 in Pooler, Georgia. Number 247 in California is the 12-stall version 3 in Windsor, California. Number 35 in Taiwan is the 3-stall version 3 in Taiwan at Yangmi in Taiwan. Number 56 in South Korea is the 3-stall version 3 in Seoul in Chongyangi, South Korea. And number 37 in Hong Kong, number 3093 in the world is the three stall version three at Ocean Pop Walk in Hong Kong. All right. It is time for the Patreon giveaway. And to get into this big barrel of fun, you join us on Patreon, you support us. And the more you support us, the more chances you have to win. We're going to give away a $30 gift card to EcoWare so you can get anything you want, like a cool T-shirt or a pillow. Who's our winner? The winner is John Donovan. Congratulations, John. You got yourself. Oh, he's going back in there, by the way. You get you get more Sorry, chances to win. Almost lost you there, John. Um, and if you head on over to EcoWare, now's a good time to do so because we are running a promotion because we know it's the holidays and it's time for gift giving, right? So uh, holiday season is the code. You get 15% off anything you purchase over at EcoWare. And uh, bump up the volume real quick for anyone who wants to make a and if you're watching this show, you're probably going to want something from EcoWare.us this Christmas. Why? What could I get there? Uh, well, you could get anything from flip-flops, stickers, masks, bags, backpacks, laptop cases. You're going to find a bunch of awesome gifts on EcoWare. Don't forget to use holiday season promo code for 15% off. And don't forget, we carbon offset the shipping, the production, and the life cycle of your products. And then we make it carbon negative by planting 10 trees and helping to cap a well. So... I think you can't blame us if you have problems this holiday season getting gifts because between Henson Shaving and EcoWare, mm -hmm. there's so many good things out there. I mean, also in EcoWare, we've got 
mugs from Randy that are just you'll never find anywhere else in the world. Right. And we've got honey from Bill, which you're, is awesome. What a gift to open up. That's something you're going to use and enjoy. So, I mean, head on over to EcoWare. Support this channel. Um, head on over to Henson Shaving. Get a shaver. Like, so many cool things that are sustainable and are going to make people smile when you give it to them. Thank you so much for watching this video. If you hit the like button, we'd really appreciate it. We'll see you next week. Now you know. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.